The shepherd looked out over the land he had tended to for too many years to count. It was as much a part of his soul as his skin was to his body. Yet he knew that one day he would leave it all behind. In his heart he knew that he could only stay here for so long. He knew why he was still here. He was here for her. Despite all that had happened, he still had feelings for her. He sighed roughly as a man does when he has a job he doesn't want to do, then set about protecting the hay from the coming storm. Virtuous Men, a podcast devoted to sharing the lives of men of history, fiction, and today, and the virtues they personify. Welcome to episode three of our mini-pod series, The Loyalty of Gabriel Oak, hosted by Scott Einig. A virtue is a behavior one conforms to in order to achieve a moral and ethically principled life through action. A virtuous man is one who is well aware of how he falls short, yet chooses not to allow his flaws to define him as he seeks to better himself. Such men show that it is possible to overcome the things that keep us from achieving our destinies. Though each man is flawed and imperfect, it is in the lives of flawed men that we see the possibility for virtue in our own lives. This episode's virtue is loyalty. Loyalty is a steadfast dedication to a goal, a cause, a person, or a group. While loyalty can be achieved out of ambition, it is often enacted out of selfless love. Loyalty is a virtue that is vital to life's most fundamental relationships, from the professional, to the familial, to the intimate. Without loyalty, such relationships could not exist. One of the greatest examples of loyalty in all of literature is Gabriel Oak, one of the central figures in Thomas Hardy's classic 1874 novel, Far From the Madding Crowd. As a shepherd working for a wealthy and reckless woman, Gabriel finds his loyalty under constant strain as the years pass. His devotion to his master above his own personal feelings is put to the ultimate test when two separate suitors seek her hand in marriage. For those who have not read the novel or seen the subsequent film adaptations, be aware that this episode contains heavy spoilers. Wessex, southwestern England. Gabriel Oak looked out over his fields with a sense of satisfaction. He was content with what he had. He had been able to regularly pay off his loans. He had a good supply of sheep. The fields were producing good crops. He had money saved up. All was well. The only thing he truly lacked was someone to share it all with. As he pondered this, a wagon approached from the distance. A wagoner walked beside it, looking bored and kicking rocks along the road. But it was the woman seated atop that immediately drew his attention. She was a breathtaking sight. She looked as if she and he were close in age. Her red velvet jacket, long dark hair, well-formed figure, and far-seeing gaze seemed to stop his heart for a moment. As she rode away and out of sight, Gabriel could not help but feel that this would not be the last time he would see her. He would make sure of it.
A few days passed, and Gabriel had an unexpected encounter with the young woman. They exchanged pleasantries, but due to the awkwardness surrounding their meeting, she left in a hurry. Gabriel returned to his work, frustrated that she did not tell him her name. After a few more days, Gabriel learned from the townsfolk that the woman's name was Bathsheba Everdeen, and that she had come to Wessex to live with her aunt, Mrs. Hurst. When Gabriel learned that she had no suitors, he decided to ask for her hand in marriage. After bringing her a gift, he made his request. Bathsheba was somewhat taken aback by his boldness. She told him that she did not wish to be married, explaining that she was too independent, and that, if they should marry, he would grow to despise her. Gabriel, looking at her with all the love he had in his heart, said, Never. I shall do one thing in this life, one thing certain, that is, love you, and long for you, and keep wanting you till I die. Despite his naked honesty, Bathsheba still refused. Very well, said Gabriel. I will ask you no more. That night, after a long day of work and an even longer day of restless thoughts, Gabriel climbed into bed and fell fast asleep. Unbeknownst to him, one of his sheepdogs was still wandering about the property. He was inexperienced and not well trained, and, becoming overexcitable, began rounding up the sheep in the pen. The fence broke, and the dog rounded the sheep closer and closer to the edge of a ravine bordering the farm. One by one, the lambs fell to their deaths until they were all gone. Gabriel, having heard the sound of sheep bells, raced outside. Seeing the broken fence, he looked up and saw the dog standing by the cliff. Fearing the worst, Gabriel ran to see what had happened, and fell to his knees in despair. All two hundred lambs were dead, including the ones expected to give birth. Wringing his hair in his hands, he let out a hopeless scream. The next day, he loaded his rifle and put a bullet through the dog's head. He sold everything of value he owned and managed to pay off his debts in full, but now he was penniless, alone, and with no idea what to do. Gabriel attended a job fair the next day, but did not manage to find work. Learning of another fair in a neighboring town, he made his way to it. Night fell, and Gabriel still traveled, not wanting to waste a moment of time. He saw a bright light in the distance, and as he drew closer, he saw that it was a fire. Alarmed, he ran to it and saw crowds of people scrambling to put it out. He could see the source of the problem, and, boldly taking command of the situation, managed to extinguish the flames. The people thanked him profusely, and one of the maids told him who the farm belonged to. It belonged to a woman who had recently inherited the estate and become wealthy as a result. Her name was Bathsheba Everdeen. At once shocked and extremely hopeful, Gabriel resolved to find her and ask if she needed a shepherd. Soon after the fire, Bathsheba hires Gabriel. The two of them become friends, and he proves to be useful in all areas of running the farm. Bathsheba admitted that she didn't know much about how to run a farm, but with the help of trusted friends and advisors, she adapted well to the job. 
Gabriel hears some of the men gossiping about Bathsheba's abilities, and he sternly rebukes them. Sometime later, Bathsheba makes the acquaintance of another successful farmer in the nearby area. His name is Boldwood, a bachelor in his forties who is still quite handsome and wealthy. One day, Bathsheba's friend Liddy proposes that she send him a valentine as a joke. Acting impulsively, Bathsheba sends a card with a wax seal to Boldwood's estate. The card reads, Marry me. Boldwood reads the anonymous letter and becomes obsessed over who could have possibly sent it. Gabriel, who has become an acquaintance of Boldwood, identifies the handwriting as Bathsheba's. Boldwood's obsession grows into a case of severe intoxication. Eventually, he can stand to hide his feelings no longer and proposes to her. Bathsheba, realizing just how egregious her prank was, tries to explain that the letter was sent only in jest. Though Boldwood is the most eligible bachelor in the land and could no doubt provide for her, she nonetheless refuses. Boldwood, visibly defeated and confused, walks away. Later, Bathsheba sees Gabriel sharpening blades in one of the barns. She asks him what people have been saying, and he tells her that there has been gossip about her and Boldwood. Bathsheba then asks Gabriel to tell her what his opinion of her conduct is. He tells her that it was foolish to lead him on, and that such a prank is conduct unworthy of a woman of her stature. Offended, she claims she will not have a man criticize her private actions, and commands him to leave by the end of the week. Gabriel tells her he prefers to leave at once. The next day, Bathsheba receives word that her sheep are dying. They had broken out of the pen and eaten clover, which caused excessive gases to build in their digestive systems. If they were not properly treated, they would die. Much to her chagrin, she learns that Gabriel is the only man who knows what to do. She has no choice but to swallow her pride and call on his service. In a written request, she pleads, Do not desert me! Gabriel returns and saves the sheep. Bathsheba asks him to stay, and Gabriel says he will. Sometime later, a prominent sergeant returns to Wessex. He is Francis Troy, and is well known to the townsfolk and community members. He had once been pledged to marry Fanny, one of Bathsheba's former servants, but, by some logistical error, had been left standing at the altar in humiliation. Troy encounters Bathsheba by chance one night, and he takes her into the forest. He unsheathes his sword and dazzles her with a stunning display of swordplay. She slowly begins falling for Troy. Gabriel learns of this and tries to persuade her to avoid Troy and pursue marriage to Boldwood. Despite his military stature, Troy is known as a gambler and drunk, and Gabriel, having long since given up hopes of marrying her, still fears for her well-being. Bathsheba, always reluctant to receive advice from those who she knows to be right, writes off his concerns. Boldwood learns of their mutual interest and even offers Troy a bribe in an effort to keep him from marrying Bathsheba. He refuses, and the two of them are married. Crestfallen, Boldwood's hatred of Troy grows, and his depression causes him to neglect his farming duties. A few months pass. One evening, 
a frail woman painfully staggers into the door of a local workhouse. She is pregnant and very weak. Tragically, she and the child both die during childbirth. When Bathsheba learns of this, she goes to the casket and discovers that the woman was Fanny, her former servant. She soon discovers that not only was this woman originally pledged to be married to Troy, but that she was carrying his child. Troy is distraught. Though Bathsheba tries to comfort him, he tells her through his tears that, This woman is more to me, dead as she is, than ever you were, or are, or can be. Unable to remain with her, Troy leaves. His clothing is discovered by the nearby seashore, and it is presumed that he is drowned. One year passes. Boldwood, encouraged by Troy's disappearance, continues to pursue Bathsheba once again. Bathsheba, still ashamed at her callous actions involving the Valentine, agrees to marry Boldwood after enough time passes for Troy to be legally presumed dead. Boldwood is overjoyed and begins furnishing his house in preparation for her arrival. On Christmas Eve, there is a large party with everyone in attendance. Bathsheba goes to Gabriel for counsel in regards to her decision, and he simply tells her to do what is right. The company goes outside, and, standing before them, is the decrepit figure of Troy. He has faked his death and lived as a vagabond this whole time, and has now returned to reclaim his wife. He demands that she obey him, and he prepares to drag her away. Suddenly, a single shot rings out. Troy falls dead. Boldwood lowers the still-smoking shotgun with a satisfied look on his face. Though he is sentenced to be hanged, his sentence is overturned and he is imprisoned indefinitely. Troy is buried next to Fanny and his child. Eventually, many of the longtime employees leave the farm. Bathsheba grows fearful that she is being abandoned and that they are leaving because they despise her. Gabriel tells her one day that he soon plans to leave England for America. Upon receiving his official letter of resignation, she weeps. Looking back over her time in Wessex, she comes to a realization that Gabriel was her only real friend. He had been her loyal helper from the beginning, and she had come to rely on him in all things personal and professional. Gabriel had never left her like so many others. Gabriel had never ceased to believe in her, in spite of her many mistakes. Now he was going to leave, and the thought of losing him was unbearable. She confronts him as he prepares to depart, and explains all that she has come to realize about him. He asks her if she would say yes to another marriage proposal. She replies that all he has to do is ask once more. He kisses her the way he had always dreamed he would, with all the passion he had never truly lost for her since he had first asked to marry her. Gabriel and Bathsheba return to the farm, walking hand in hand, anticipating the marriage to come. This episode of Virtuous Men was written and recorded by Scott Einig and edited by Jamie Adams. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating and leave a review in the comments section. 
And don't forget to check out more Virtuous Men on our Instagram page at virtuous underscore men and give us a follow. Tune in next time for mini pod number four, The Resistance of Tank Man.